You are listening to 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. Welcome to a best of the daily show. We are uh, still enjoying a little holiday cheer, and I hope that you are too. Got uh, some great guests lined up for you for this edition of the best of. It's time for another hour of community based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. The key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, November 29th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Summer is long gone, and most Lake of the Ozarks boaters have winterized dreaming of warm weather's return, but not all of them. Many boaters take advantage of a fall or winter cruise or taking the bass boat out for some December angling. A majority of marinas close in late fall, however, there are some that stay open year-round, which is crucial for boaters who need to fuel up in the cold months. For a list of marinas still open and when they plan to close, go to lakeexpo.com. An enormous fire burned over 1,000 acres in Camden County last week and kept crews busy for days. Authorities say numerous houses, hunting cabins, hay bales, barns, and outbuildings were threatened, but not one was lost. Residents across the lake area noticed smoke moving through and did not know where it came from. A small group rallied outside Lake Regional Hospital Friday to oppose the COVID vaccine mandate. The 20 or so protesters say the protest was a show of solidarity with Lake Regional Health System employees who have been told they will lose their jobs if they do not comply by Sunday, December 5th with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Lake Regional Health System's outgoing CEO, Dane Henry, said in a statement that the federal government issued the rule requiring staff in health care facilities nationwide to be vaccinated. For more on these stories, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this Monday. Chiefs had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. They were off their 7-4, and four, right a four-game win streak as they come out of their bye week. They will be at home to the Broncos next Sunday night. The return of Cam Newton was highly overrated. Newton was benched by the Panthers in their big loss to Miami yesterday. Big wins included the Bengals over Pittsburgh, Buccaneers over Indy, the Patriots crushed Tennessee, Broncos beat the Chargers. Chiefs are leading the AFC West by one game over all the other teams in the division. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos all 6-5, and five, one game behind the Chiefs. A huge coaching change in college football. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Riley 55-10 and 10 in five seasons at Oklahoma. Another coaching change, Florida hires Louisiana's Billy Napier as 
their new head coach. The Gators fired Dan Mullen after their loss to Mizzou a couple of weeks ago. Mizzou finishing the regular season 6-6 six and six after losing to Arkansas on Friday. The Tigers are headed to a bowl game. Season came to an end for the MSU Bears. They finish at 8-4, and four, losing in the first round to UT Martin. They give up a touchdown with about three minutes to go, and they lose by one point to UT Martin. Great season for the Bears, though. High school football playoffs, Class 6 state champion Christian Brothers. They beat Liberty North 48-21 in the championship game this last weekend. Class 5 semifinals, Webb City beat Jackson and Holt beat Fort Osage. In Class 4, the semis, Hannibal beat North County. Smithville beat MICDS. In Class 3, it was St. Mary's beating up on Mexico and St. Pius, Kansas City over Cardinal Ritter. Class 2's Final Four, Lutheran St. Charles beat Lafayette County and Lamar beat Richmond. So the Class 5-4-3 and 2 championship games will be played this coming weekend. High School Basketball, Osage, Versailles, and Eldon all play in the Tri-County Tournament this week at Boonville. Camdenton opens the season Tuesday at home against Aurora. College Hoops tonight, 3-3 three three Mizzou Tigers home to Paul Quinn. The 4-2 uh, and two MSU Bears will be at Illinois State on Wednesday. Lake TV has what you need. What's burning with KB Kevin Burns is at 7 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon, and 11 at night. You can't miss it. What's burning with KB on Lake TV? I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. And we're off and running. Good morning and welcome. Thanks for joining us. 807 on the Daily Show. 39 degrees on this Monday, the 29th day of November 2021. And it's certainly going to feel like uh, a very nice fall week. 64, the expected high today. 
Plenty of sunshine, then we'll drop down to 40 for the overnight low. Back up to a high tomorrow of around 58 with some clouds. Sunny in 66 on Wednesday. And get this, some, uh, some sunshine, plenty of it, it looks like, on Thursday, November the 2nd, and a high of about 72 degrees. 70 on Friday with a partly cloudy sky, then partly cloudy both Saturday and Sunday, and highs in the mid-50s both days. Lows uh, on the weekend hovering right around mid-30s. So it doesn't look like it's going to be too terribly bad. I think overall we're going to get some great weather. And again, that uh, last boost, that last push to get any of the uh, fall chores done so you can hunker down for winter here at the Lake of the Ozarks. And it seems like it's going to be a, uh, a cold one. That's what they're talking about. I've heard a lot of uh, the meteorologists and some of the folks that are sourcing uh, various almanacs that they use as a guide saying that uh, we're going to be in for a bit of a cold one this year. I think winter, regardless, is always cold. It's just how cold? Colder than summer, right? Colder, colder, colder than summer. Than summer. Uh, quick update there. Uh, 41 degrees now with a mostly clear sky. Bill, did you have a uh, good Thanksgiving? You had, uh, wow, four whole days to enjoy yourself. Yeah. We, we went down to Springfield to see my daughter and sure. son-in-law and, and grandkids. So very nice day. And, of course, the rest of the weekend was beautiful weather. So it's, a, it's nice. I have all the outside Christmas decorations to put up. I noticed that. Looks good. And it's nice to do that when it's not freezing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're uh, motivated to stay out a little bit longer and get the job done. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, How about you? You went in, you went to... Richland. Richland. Richland, okay. Missouri. Yes. Okay. My, first, my first official stop in Richland, Missouri. We drove, uh, what was it, uh, South 5, right past uh, the key gathering place, where yeah. we're at right now. Hopped on the 7, took that to Montreal, and then uh, went south into Richland. Saw plenty of deer, so we uh, were very careful. Got down to my sister-in-law's place, had a very nice Thanksgiving. Lots of food, man. I mean, she just does not disappoint when it comes to food. And she's a good cook on top of it, like her sister, the one that I married. Mm-hmm. Um, one is a good cook, the other is a good baker. My wife is a pretty good baker because she. Yeah, that's a good combination. We had, uh, yeah, it was <laughs> really works out. We had uh-huh. a, uh, we had uh, four or five or six bananas laying around that weren't looking real promising, and so she mm-hmm. threw them into uh, a bowl with some. Uh, flour and all that other good stuff and whipped out a loaf of banana bread yesterday which made the house smell really nice really nice yeah very mm-hmm. nice but uh yeah i went out and got that all accomplished and taken care of i gotta tell you though <clears throat> on wednesday i i put this on facebook i said i had my my warm-up turkey i actually stopped by the butcher shop and uh, was gonna grab some dinner and chris over there he was uh bringing out some turkeys and putting them on the counter for everybody to see. And apparently they were extra turkeys. He'd pulled them out of the smoker over there. And so I could not pass up the opportunity to uh, purchase one of those and take it home. And I uh, shredded all the meat off of it, got all the meat off the bones, and uh, we, we had plenty for turkey sandwiches on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. Yeah. But <laughs> we, had some the, uh, we had some the night before. It was just a really good smoked turkey. And so uh, yeah, picked that up and... Did a little pre-tryptophan. Uh, uh, I don't know if you want to. I don't. I don't think it's really the tryptophan that they say that bothers folks as much as it is the fact that you're just stuffed. loading down. Yeah, yeah, you're stuffed. You're getting. You're getting all that food in your in your in your belly. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you're, you know, you've got a lot of starches in there with potatoes and things like that. So that seems to be uh, a large part of it anyway. 8.12 is our time. I came across a website, a website that I haven't looked at for quite a while, and I recommend it to everybody. It's kind of a fun website, and uh, if you're interested in what's going on overhead, well, this is a great, we this is a great website to kind of take you away from things like all the politics and nonsense that upset so many people, and it's called spaceweather.com. I don't know if you view that particular website or Space not. Spaceweather. Spaceweather.com. It talks about all kinds of stuff like uh, the northern lights and sunspots and solar flares and, you know, a lot of things that happen on the planet, we don't even attribute it to what's going on up in space. Uh, you know, you can kind of keep uh, track of some of the satellites, uh, I think International Space Station, and then there are a whole bunch of other links that you can go to if you enjoy, you know, just... Yeah, so they're not just uh, limited to astronomy. They're talking about the effects of, like, the sun and everything right. on the Earth. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, on our weather, yeah. So uh, There's been a lot of talk lately about solar flares and the possibility of, you know, taking out part of the grid because of solar flares. I don't know why that's become a hot topic again. Well, I think it's because it's uh, something that every once in a while somebody will come across and see and they'll say... Oh, we need to be worried about that. And, and you know, solar flares, uh, they can screw up a lot of things. Yeah, it could be part of the infrastructure conversation. I guess. Because you, you can protect, with the right tools, you can protect the grid from solar flares and stuff like that, radiation. Costs a lot of money. Costs a lot of money. It is very expensive to do that. Uh, there's plenty of people that have talked about it over the years, but quite frankly, there are... Uh, there are not a whole lot of people that are, are spending that kind of money on stuff right now just because they've got other concerns yeah. until the solar flare knocks us off the grid and everybody's complaining because they can't charge up their cell phones. Yeah, all, all of those things are in conflict. It's like if you have an older car, you're kind of immune to solar flares and EMPs and everything. But if you have an older car, you probably don't ha get very good fuel economy and you probably can't stream key radio on your radio and all that kind of stuff. There you so. go. Yeah. Eight fourteen. I'll I'll still I'll still take one of the old uh, one of the old dinosaurs, one of the old fossil fuelers mm -hmm. uh, for some of the stuff that they've got out there now. Because uh, you know, so many of those cars, you can you can actually work on them. Yeah, and and they basically just work with simple maintenance, yeah. as opposed to all of the uh, computerized stuff we have now. Well, you've got all this stuff that you got to worry about and concern yourself with, and. Quite frankly, you know, if you get under there and start messing with it yourself, then there's a good possibility you're going to void your warranty. Uh -huh. So that's why they do it the way they do it. So, Or if you have a hybrid, you might electrocute yourself, too. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. There's lots of warnings in there about that. Oh, really? Yeah. I've never been under the hood of a hybrid. Yep. I can honestly say I've never looked at... Uh, they recommend not doing that. Take it to your dealer. Keep your hands to yourself. Mm-hmm. 8.15, so uh, lots going on over the weekend. Uh, Chiefs were off this weekend. We didn't uh, didn't have to worry about a, uh, a win or a loss or anything like that. They'll take on uh, their division rivals, uh, AFC West division rivals, uh, Denver next Sunday night. Or should I say, I guess now this coming Sunday night since it's Monday. But uh, they watched a little bit of football yesterday. I, I got into watching this uh, uh, Expedition Unknown series. Have you watched any of that on Discovery? No, I haven't. The guy looks, goes and looks for things that have been lost. He was trying to find a missing fighter plane that crashed back during World War II during a training mission. Um, 
they were looking for the lost gold in South America. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds so more worthwhile than fighting, finding an old fire plane. Yeah, well, yeah. it's just how they go about it, the technology they were using, which was uh, very interesting, to say the least, uh, about how they could map the bottom of the floor of the sea and mm. then give you a nice uh, 3D picture so you can kind of make things out uh, and they look a little clearer. But uh, I was really fascinated by the story of D.B. Cooper, and I don't know how many people know about D.B. Cooper. I guess it happened back in the early 70s. This guy got on board a plane, said he had a bomb, said if he didn't get $200,000, he was going to, uh, I guess, uh, blow up uh, blow up the bomb, blow up the plane. Just 200000 And all the people with it, yep. Wow. So uh, they stopped Got him his money, got him his parachutes that he wanted, and I guess a few other things. And then uh, he decided he was going to jump out of a 727, a perfectly good 727, which uh, at that particular time they said he knew what he was doing because the 727 had a rear staircase. So he simply lowered the staircase and jumped off, and uh, I guess they said uh, he was supposed to have landed somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Apparently they found some of the money, the actual money, that uh, he parachuted out of the plane with, but they've never found him. However, they seem to think that uh, they had a, 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 a number, well, they have a, a, a different uh, group of people that they were looking at, people that had a uh, flight experience and, uh, you know, were parachuting experts and things like this. And uh, so they get down to this guy from, uh, I guess he was in Vietnam back in, 67, 68, whatever, and he had met all of the criteria that they were uh, looking for, and so this guy apparently is the one they thought was D.B. Cooper, but I don't really think they know. Hmm. It doesn't sound like a good sign that they found some of the money, because he wouldn't normally just leave some of the money. Well, apparently they thought what he did was bury it near this river, and he was going to come back and get it. Um. There was a report of a truck driver that uh, they said they saw him walking along the road. He was in a suit and nothing else, didn't have a raincoat on or anything. They thought maybe uh, what what they had mistaken as a raincoat was actually a parachute that he was carrying with him. Uh-huh. But it was uh, it was kind of an interesting show. And I, I guess if you want to believe there's a guy out there that says he, he knew exactly where the money uh, was hidden, where D.B. Cooper hid the money because apparently... Uh, the FBI had been out there uh, years before, uh, you know, just excavating and trying to find this money and dig it up and what have you. And uh, the guy apparently got news coverage of this, or th- there was news coverage of it, and he had witnessed where it was at. But it was just kind of an interesting story. I thought, uh, of all the things, uh, D.B. Cooper, and it's, yeah, like I said, it's nice to take a break from the daily news cycle and yes. watch something entertaining. So what's that show called again? Uh, Expedition Unknown. It's Expedition. on Discovery. Okay. I think it's on on Monday nights. I'm not quite sure. This, uh, you know, on the weekends they run different shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll run like a marathon. Uh, uh, the Homestead Rescue, which is another interesting show where folks go out and try to, you know, live off the grid and live on their own. And they encounter all kinds of problems. And this man and his family show up and, uh, in most cases, fix all the problems for them. If they need <laughs> water, if they need a better uh, source of uh, protecting their their livestock, whatever it might be, cows, pigs, goats, chickens, whatever, they help them out with a lot of that. Hmm. Um, you sound, know. sound like the ultimate preppers. 
Yeah. Your prepper you know, consultant. Th- this guy, apparently, he was a logger for a long time. So he's been in the outdoors and, uh, I guess, up in Alaska. But, uh, again, that's another n- another one of those interesting shows on mm-hmm. Discovery just to kind of kick back, watch, and, and uh, you don't have to think about it too much. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the I mentioned this website here earlier, uh, spaceweather.com. Uh, every night, a network of NASA all-sky cameras scans the sky above uh, the United States for uh, for meteors, meteorites, meteoric, meteoritic <laughs> fireballs. <laughs> Automated software maintains this, and uh, this is one of those things where you look at. Uh, last night, apparently, the network reported 17 fireballs. My wife said she saw a shooting star, was it last night or the night before? But uh, nothing that, you know, is headed towards the Earth to destroy us. But uh, people, these, these cameras pick up uh, the different asteroids and meteorites and things like that. And like I said, it's just kind of fascinating stuff to watch. And hmm. uh, it's just makes you wonder sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just makes you wonder. Yeah, I know that's been in the story recently about NASA sending a a rocket out to the asteroid belt Uh to practice shooting out asteroids just in case they need to. Just in case. Just in case. Makes you wonder what they know that we don't know. Oh, I'm sure they don't know anything about that. I would say (laughs) that, uh, well, they say there are a number of those uh, killer asteroids out there and that we've got to be vigilant of what's going on. So I guess you Mm -hmm. can look at it and see it from one way or the other, whatever. Biggest uh, news story I found, uh, this claim that uh, January 6th wasn't a fantasy. Top Missouri paper says it's long past time for Senate to investigate Josh Hawley. Yeah, I found that one too. There's just a lot to unpack in that whole story. Well, apparently, you know, Hawley gave the, uh, the fist and held his fist in the air on January 6th. Yeah, the, the article says uh, he'll forever be haunted by a photo of him giving a raised fist to insurrectionists. Right. But that wasn't what he did. He actually was there, and he did raise his fist. It was in solidarity with the peaceful demonstrators. I see. Long before the, in, the supposed insurrection. But we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to know that. Yeah, well, uh, they, they may Well, have, uh, Josh, uh, uh, Senator Josh Hawley and uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, uh, they're saying that both of these... Uh, both of these senators sh- should be investigated. Both of these senators should have resigned back on uh, January the 7th. And that uh, this committee, this ethics committee that's uh, <laughs> looking into this has shown no sign of movement. Essentially what they're telling us is that uh, it's not as big of a deal as everybody wants to make it out to be. And so again, Hawley and Cruz were the only two senators to object to certification of Joe Biden's clear victory in the 2020 election <laughs> results. Obviously a clear victory. Citing with zero evidence supposed <laughs> concerns about the election's integrity. Mm-hmm. That was the same baseless, toxic nonsense then President Donald Trump had been spewing since before the election. Such talk whipped up the mob of Trump loyalists to attack the Capitol on January 6th. Absolutely no emotion or bias in any of this reporting. The new civil rights movement.com is where this story comes from. <coughs> and I think it's interesting because, you know, it's just, it's as they say, tit for tat. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, newspaper in question here in the state of Missouri was the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, which is always, you know, pretty left-leaning. Mm-hmm. 
they actually have uh, pointed some of their ire at the Lake of the Ozarks in years past because of, uh, oh, reporting on things like E. coli and saying that the E. coli at the Lake of the Ozarks is, is just a severe, horrible problem. And, uh, you know, if you go down there and you get in the lake, you'll, you'll get E. coli and you could possibly die. Well, that's if you go to the spot where the E. coli has been reported. More than likely, uh, a lot of folks aren't, uh, aren't really into uh, the whole E. coli uh, hoax, if you want to call it that, uh, that uh, Kansas City as well as St. Louis reports mm-hmm. from time to time. They, they're just not real favorable of what we do here at the Lake of the Ozarks because we love life, we love freedom, we love liberty, we enjoy uh, you know, what we have here at the lake, and there are other places where people can't have it. And if you can't have what someone else has, by golly, you're gonna you're gonna become a hater. You're gonna you're gonna hate on us here at the Lake of the Ozarks because while everybody else was all cooped up, we were having a good time like we always do at the Lake of the Ozarks. Why? Because people down here understand and realize and can rationalize what's going on, and we don't need somebody to tell us what to do and how to live our lives. Opposing viewpoints this morning: five seven three six three three fifty three ninety five. Or if you uh, just want to make a comment, let us know how you're how your Thanksgiving went. I did, uh, you know, you get into the whole turkey thing, and, uh, you know, after a couple of days, uh, it's time to take a break from turkey. Yeah, well, we don't have any excess turkey because we went and visited family, you know, so we don't have the they leftovers. Tried, they tried to push any off on you? No, they didn't. Uh-huh. They kept it all. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. Uh, well, I, I will say we got sent home with leftovers, turkey and stuffing, mashed potatoes, uh, some, uh, some some spread that uh, my sister-in-law made. Uh, my gosh, I, she sent a lot of stuff home with us. A spread? What kind of a spread? Well, it's like uh, cream cheese and... Uh, yeah. Oh, there was a lot of different things in it, I guess. Um, green onions and... It's like a cheese ball as well. Yeah, that sounds kind of cool. So you can spread it on bread or whatever you want to well, do with it. normally put it on crackers. Crackers, yeah. Pretzels, it's right. pretty good on pretzels, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this talk of food is making me hungry. But, <laughs> yeah. no, it was uh, it was nice to have the leftovers. And I think we're, we, last night when I had, when I had gone to uh, the butcher shop to buy, we were going to eat that, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday night, but we got busy doing some other, or uh, Friday night, rather. And we, we got busy doing some other things. So I went out, and yeah, I love this new thing. Is I've got one of these headlamps that you, you know, one of these lamps you wear around your head. Mm-hmm, yeah. And you can like just. Like a minor kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like mm-hmm. you just press a little button, and then you can angle it down so that the light shines wherever you need it to shine. Uh-huh. And so I'm starting to master the um, technique of outdoor grilling with no lights other than my headlamp. And oh, I like it. Yeah. You can see plain as day with that thing. And yeah, you know, as long as you've got that and a good meat thermometer, uh-huh. you're in good shape. Right. You're in good shape. Mm-hmm. 827, but I don't know what uh, folks are thinking about uh, as far as Hawley is concerned. Josh Hawley, the senator from the state of Missouri, and I ran into somebody that I think might actually have a, uh, a connection to him to the point where we might be able to uh, get him on the program somewhere down the road. But uh, he, is, he is somewhat of a uh, media darling for conservatives and uh, Republicans, mm-hmm. and uh, I have been trying for the longest time to get this man uh, to 
give me 10 minutes of his time for an interview. Just 10 minutes. Josh Hawley, yeah. He could call. He can call any time. If you know Josh, reach out to him. He, he gets back to Missouri every so often. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a friend of mine that knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody <laughs> that might be able to get us uh, an interview with Josh Hawley. I will say on the program tomorrow, we're going to be joined by Frosty Wooldridge. And right. Frosty has got a new book out, and we'll talk about the book tomorrow. And, of course, he is just uh, he's he's so excited to to talk to folks here at the Lake of the Ozarks. He really, really loves the lake area, and uh, so many people from around have supported him. So make sure somebody tells Matt Burns, because Matt Burns asked me a while back, hey, uh, what about getting Frosty Wildridge on? And so Frosty, and, and the guy travels all over the country, all over the world, and he has seen what it is like not only here in this country, and, and I think that's what makes him such a, a good person to speak about things like immigration and refugees and what they can do to a country's economy because Frosty is just, he's been all over the world and he's seen it in different phases. I mean, what we see here in the United States is what the media shows you on the southern border. What uh, we see here in the United States is what the media tells you happens to the north of us along the northern border. But what we don't get to see is really how things are going in other countries. And I think with Frosty's vast array of experience and knowledge, uh, and man, all you got to do is point him in one direction and give him a little nudge. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, so where is Frosty normally heard? Is he a private um, Frosty is kind of doing his own kinda? thing. Uh-huh. Um, he's been trying. He's been really trying to get the word out uh, for years. I mean, he's gone to 60 Minutes and some of the big news networks, and uh, they've all really kind of shot him down. I don't know why, um, you know, the guy's talking sense. I mean, he's presenting facts. Well, that, not might just be, that might be why he's talking sense. I'm sorry, you're, you're <laughs> absolutely right. Not talking narrative here. No. Professor Jim Paisley will join us in the 9 o'clock hour. We're going to talk U.S.-Chinese relations. Great to have the professor with us as always, and he will be on the program once we get into the 9 o'clock hour. But uh, more for Bill and I to mull over and for you to chime in about as well. Right here on 89.3 The Key, also heard at keyradio.live, 830, 41 degrees. Stacy Johnson standing by with a check of local news from lakeexpo.com, your trusted news source. And on top of that, we'll hear from Mr. Chris Schneider from Lake TV. Get, uh, get all caught up on what's been going on in the world of sports. And uh, you are uh, welcome to be a part of the program. Uh, you can call in, you can listen. You can uh, stop by and see us on South Business 5 at the Key Gathering Place. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, November 29th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Summer is long gone, and most Lake of the Ozarks boaters have winterized, dreaming of warm weather's return. But not all of them. Many boaters take advantage of a fall or winter cruise or taking the bass boat out for some December angling. 
A majority of marinas close in late fall. However, there are some that stay open year-round, which is crucial for boaters who need to fuel up in the cold months. For a list of marinas still open and when they plan to close, go to lakeexpo.com. An enormous fire burned over 1,000 acres in Camden County last week and kept crews busy for days. Authorities say numerous houses, hunting cabins, hay bales, barns, and outbuildings were threatened, but not one was lost. Residents across the lake area noticed smoke moving through and did not know where it came from. A small group rallied outside Lake Regional Hospital Friday to oppose the COVID vaccine mandate. The 20 or so protesters say the protest was a show of solidarity with Lake Regional Health System employees who have been told they will lose their jobs if they do not comply by Sunday, December 5th with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Lake Regional Health System's outgoing CEO, Dane Henry, said in a statement that the federal government issued the rule requiring staff in health care facilities nationwide to be vaccinated. For more on these stories, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Chiefs had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. They were off their 7-4 right a four-game win streak as they come out of their bye week. They will be at home to the Broncos next Sunday night. The return of Cam Newton was highly overrated. Newton was benched by the Panthers in their big loss to Miami yesterday. Big wins included the Bengals over Pittsburgh, Buccaneers over Indy, the Patriots crushed Tennessee, Broncos beat the Chargers. Chiefs are leading the AFC West by one game over all the other teams in the division. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos all 6-5, and five, one game behind the Chiefs. A huge coaching change in college football. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Riley 55-10 and 10 in five seasons at Oklahoma. Another coaching change. Florida hires Louisiana's Billy Napier as their new head coach. The Gators fired Dan Mullen after their loss to Mizzou a couple of weeks ago. Mizzou finishing the regular season 6-6 six and six after losing to Arkansas on Friday. The Tigers are headed to a bowl game. See came to an end for the MSU Bears. They finish at 8-4, losing in the first round to UT Martin. They give up a touchdown with about three minutes to go, and they lose by one point to UT Martin. Great season for the Bears, though. High school football playoffs, Class 6 state champion Christian Brothers. They beat Liberty North 48-21 in the championship game this last
last weekend. Class 5 semifinals, Webb City beat Jackson and Holt beat Fort Osage. In Class 4, the semis, Hannibal beat North County, Smithville beat MICDS. In Class 3, it was St. Mary's beating up on Mexico and St. Pius, Kansas City over Cardinal Ritter. Class 2's Final Four, Lutheran St. Charles beat Lafayette County and Lamar beat Richmond. So the Class 5, 4, 3, and 2 championship games will be played this coming weekend. High school basketball, Osage, Versailles, and Eldon all play in the Tri-County Tournament this week at Boonville. Camdenton opens the season Tuesday at home against Aurora. College hoops tonight, 3-3 three and three Mizzou Tigers home to Paul Quinn. The 4-2 uh, and two MSU Bears will be at Illinois State on Wednesday. Lake TV has what you need. What's burning with KB Kevin Burns is at 7 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon, and 11 at night. You can't miss it. What's burning with KB on Lake TV? I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Saturday, December 4th, from 10.30 to 1, it's the annual Christmas on the Square event. It's free and sponsored by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce. Help crush hunger for the 120-plus families that receive assistance from the Lamb House with the Can-Do Challenge. Collect and bring your non-perishable food items to the collection tent, and for every 10 items you donate, you'll be entered into a drawing for a prize. Contact Rhonda at 573-286-7945 with any questions. 286-7945. Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, The Key. And welcome back to The Key Gathering Place. 837, 41 degrees, and we are happy to have you with us this morning. Getting ready for our visit with Professor Jim Paisley, Frosty Wooldridge on the program later in the week, Ike Skelton, Mindy Sales, Bob Lynch, Dave Maupin. We've got a, a nice lineup for you. And I'm still trying to uh, uh, to tie down this guy with uh, the Freedom Center. Dave Rowland is his name. And uh, Dave is all about uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act. He's a litigator. And the reason I wanted to bring Dave on is to talk about maybe some of the misconceptions people have about it. Mm-hmm. Some of the other things that, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we need to know about it just to make sure we're clear so we'll see if we can get him on maybe later in the week, and if not this week, uh, then next week. And then we might uh, have a, a special guest in on Thursday if things work out. We'll see. 41 degrees is where we are. 64 the expected high today. It's going to be a beautiful day. Again, another great day to get out and enjoy 
what's going on around the lake area. 40 the low tonight, uh, plenty of sunshine today, clear tonight. Then 58 with clouds tomorrow and a low 41, 66 on Wednesday. Plenty of sunshine, a low 49, 72 and sunny on Thursday, a low 52. Friday's high of 70, a low 44 with a partly cloudy sky, then partly cloudy. Looks like um, both Saturday and Sunday, mid-50s for highs, mid-30s for lows. And as we take a peek at the, as they say, in-studio Doppler weather radar. I don't know that uh, we could afford Doppler weather radar here, <laughs> but it certainly sounds good. Yes. We're seeing absolutely nothing. Looks like high pressure is ruling the roost this morning, keeping the temperatures relatively uh, comfortable for us for the next, oh gosh, looks like, you know, three, four, five days, what have you here. Uh, Tuesday's going to be a little on the cool side, but... That's what you do with that leftover turkey. That's If you haven't already done it, make that uh, turkey rice soup. Coming up, uh, as far as programming today, following the daily show, we'll get to hear from Matt uh, Burns and Ike Skelton with the BS Nation, uh, the local REMAX uh, realtors here at the lake with Grow, Thrive, and Inspire. Gretchen, Bill's daughter, will uh, be a part of the program with the ladies that make up the Artichoke Heart. Ozark Highlands, which is a brand new uh, brand new program each and every week. True history professor, Professor Jim Paisley, who will be our guest here shortly, will join us. And then we'll round out the programming with uh, Bill's podcast, The Key Ozarks Show. So uh, lots to look forward to today. And, of course, we'll start the rebroadcast at 4, run you back around, and then uh, hit it up at the uh, top of the Top of the slate at midnight, we'll start all over again and then have a new daily show for you tomorrow. So we did a best of show, our shows actually, two best of shows, one for Thursday, one for Friday. I screwed up the date on Friday, I know that. But um, uh, we we covered a lot of uh, the folks that we've had. Um, uh, we had Mark McCloskey on there, Dave Moppin, we had uh, John Williams, <laughs> Ike Skelton, Gosh, just a whole mess of people. Susie Pollock on there as well. Hmm. Uh, Does that get to be a podcast too? Oh, they're already in this podcast. So I oh, put them in this podcast. So anybody, so. these does sound like a, a treasury of little yeah. interviews that you've and, done. And I was just kind of thinking about it. I mean, since our inception, when we got started back in August, we've talked to uh, some pretty heavy hitters. Uh-huh. Eric Schmidt, the uh, Attorney General. Susie Pollock, representative from the 123rd District. Uh, Mark McCloskey. And, you know, some of our local residents as well. We mentioned Ike, and, and Matt's been on the program. Uh, Professor Paisley's been on. Uh, don't forget Stacy Shore, who I, I think, you know, now she's kind of delving into this social and emotional education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I, I, I think for the most part is fascinating and fascinating from the standpoint of how they're trying to implement this. Yeah, well, once they got all the kids having Chromebooks and being online, it, it's pretty easy to introduce new things. It's, it's like the Internet. And never, it, it seems like never before have parents been called upon to pay close attention to what their kids are learning in school. So much so that, as we know, the Department of Justice issued a memo back in October, October the 4th, I believe it was, saying that maybe we need to get the FBI involved in some of these uh, school board meetings where parents aren't necessarily happy about what they're hearing. So they've decided to speak out and speak up. Well, since school board officials are elected, I guess they're elected in in most places, maybe not all places, but most places here in Camden County, uh, the Camdenton School District, they are elected officials. 
Uh, so you should be able to address them if you feel as though there's something that uh, you need uh, to get off your chest or something you'd like them to look into or if you're not happy about something they're doing. And also, you know, it goes back to the First Amendment. You should be able to address these people and you should not be considered a domestic terrorist if you, uh, you know, if, if you're a little perturbed or you're a little upset because, hey, folks, you got a couple of different, and now not everyone, but, you know, some people do have more than one iron in the fire when it comes to the school board. You've got the kids, you know, mm-hmm. your, your children that are going right. to this particular school, and then you've got the uh, tax dollars that you're paying. Right. And you want to see that, uh, you know, the uh, folks are good stewards of the money. So not everybody has kids in school anymore, but, I mean, I would imagine if you're paying your property tax, a portion of that is uh, going to the school. Whether you have kids or not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you should have a voice and a say in maybe how money is being spent yep. or the types of programs that they are addressing. And, and, and why not? I mean, why not? Why? Well, here's something related to everything you've been talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, Matt Burns forwarded this to me. It says official ballot title as certified by the Secretary of State. So this apparently is going to be a ballot initiative. Uh It says to limit the influence, power, and authority of parents, community members, and local school boards by requiring the State Board of Education to implement and supervise a uniform method of evaluation and accreditation for all public elementary and secondary schools who receive public funding, including charter schools. So the intent of this initiative is to limit the influence, power, and authority of parents. How nice. So that's right here in Missouri. This is not some strange state. Some strange state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are the strange states out there? Bill, tell me, tell me what one of the strange I, states I are. I think you mentioned that Virginia was a strange state. At least before the last election, well, where, the, where the governor was saying parents shouldn't have any say. Not the governor, but uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's Terry, running okay. for governor. Well, who, yes, okay. And he didn't win, by the way. He did not win. Yeah. Uh, I don't care who you are. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on as far as your political affiliation. When the school tells you, you know, that you shouldn't be involved as much, uh, you know, not necessarily the school telling us, but... You've got elected officials, a uh, one anyway, and then you've got uh, a uh, an official who was uh, nominated by the president to be the secretary of education, and the secretary mm-hmm. of education has come out and said this as well. That you know that's why a lot of folks, you know, everything can't be done the way the federal government wants it done. As far as a blanket approach, I don't uh, I don't care who you are. If you're trying to run a socialist state, I mean, you need top-down management. You That's can't right. have parents getting in the way. No, you sure can't. We don't want parents uh, having any opportunity to say what's on their minds and express to their school board and the uh, you know superintendent uh, as well as any other administrators that, um, hey, you know, there's things out there that we really don't like, we don't mm-hmm. prefer. And uh, we want you to do something about it, like not implementing it in our school district. Right. Yeah, some people even think voters shouldn't get in the way. Boy, we're just a... I always say, you know, and and, and I say this out of seriousness, I say that no matter where I stand, I'm always in somebody's way. (laughs) And apparently that that, that applies to the federal government. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm I'm just sitting here, if I'm standing here, then, then apparently I'm in the way. 
and they should be able to blow right by me even though they take my tax dollars and do whatever the heck they want with those dollars. It does seem that way, yeah. You know, it, it, it's like... It's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. It, it was at it's one just a point. matter of which people that is. <laughs> well, that's true, you know. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. I don't know that uh, we could... I don't know that we could really consider ourselves to be in that position any longer. And and so I was talking, you know, there, there's a friend of mine that listens. Um, Steve is his name, and Steve was talking about, you know, don't don't jump down the throat of rhinos all the time, you know, um, or, or, or people that are maybe a little bit more to the center mm-hmm. uh, but still call themselves Republicans. And, you know, maybe he's got a point to some degree because, you know, he's, he, he's, he's kind of trying to get this can't we all just get along mentality put out there and, and everybody work together? Because I think it's, it's important. I think it's important for everyone at this point to realize, folks, when they do the draconian things that they do in the federal government, it affects us all across the board. It's not just conservatives that get it or Republicans mm-hmm. or men or women or blacks or whites or Hispanics. You know, this gets us all at some particular point. And that's the thing. If they can keep us divided and they can they can keep throwing around terms like white supremacy and racism mm-hmm. and keep everybody all churned up and focused on that, that's when they come in and slip this stuff in. And we don't realize it until after the fact. And then, folks, makes no difference your political affiliation, your religion, what have you. Well, maybe in some cases religion if it's a religious exemption that you're trying to go for in certain situations. But you just you, you really can't understand what this is all about until, in most cases, after the fact. So that's why we need to be working harder to try and and get along to some degree so that we don't end up all being bent over and and realizing, you know, after it's too late. We could have done something about it, but uh, we chose to uh, be at each other's throats rather than paying attention to what the government's doing. Yeah, I, th- I think your friend makes a good point because uh, people on the left and on the right, they, they do a good job of stirring the pot and, and bringing issues to the forefront. But it's the people in the center who actually get things done. And sometimes it's a little bit of a compromise, but it's better than nothing. Some t- it it kind of unifies people in the center. That word compromise, that, that word can either make people happy or just really irritate the, the crud sure, out of Sure, you don't want to compromise principles. But you sometimes have to compromise results to get what you want. I, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. And, and it's not that, you know, we're giving up anything or giving up any ground. I mean, we still feel the way we feel about an issue. Uh, I mean, but as long as it's not, well, I think there's a lot of compromise that goes on in Washington, D.C. at this point because these folks are trying to get things done. And so rather try and, you know, get out on their own and do it and really try to spearhead it and drive it through, they more or less say, well, you know, I can, I can get with this particular person and help them out, scratch their back, and then they can come over here and take care of me and help me out and scratch my back when it's my turn. But uh, some of these bills and this legislation that they pass is just ridiculous. And, I mean, mm-hmm. good case in point here was this infrastructure bill that passed and everybody's going to get all kinds of money for highways and infrastructure, and life is going to be good, and, you know, we're all going to be driving down these pristine roadways throughout our states. Well, that might be the case in a few areas, but I, I don't think it's going to be as noticeable right away as a lot of folks would like it to be because this money is being invested in projects that ha- e- haven't even 
you know, come to fruition yet, uh, or uh, they haven't even broken any ground for some of these projects. They're anticipating what they're going to do with all, all this money. So I guess we could very easily look down the road and find out uh, what's going on here. Let's see, caller, can we get you on? I got you with me here, caller. Come on and jump on in. We had somebody call in here. Let's see if we can have the... There we are. Stick with me, caller. All right, caller, we've got uh, now you. I, now can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Good morning, Saint. Say, <laughs> hey, listening to uh, this here, and and you know, I I get compromise and whatnot. I understand that, but it seems as though every time we compromise with the left, we get farther and farther away from the Constitution. I have to tell you, I believe the federal government's just doing. You know, you said to get things done. They're doing too much. There are so many things that they have their hands in that they have absolutely no business to have their hands in. And I think we have to start looking at things differently and start having the states resolve some of these problems uh, that we think exist. And uh, the federal government needs to stick to the five or six things that they're required to do, and that's about it. Well, see, that's what I said, uh, Bill. I said uh, some people, when you mentioned compromise, are happy. And other people, it just bugs the daylights out of them, and that's somebody well, right there that it bugs the daylights out of. And I and, and I get it. I understand what you're saying. He he makes a good point because uh, the federal government is actually designed by the in the Constitution to be ineffective. There is supposed to be gridlock. There's supposed to be checks and balances, and they're not supposed to get a lot done. And most of what needs to get done should happen at the states. Absolutely true. All right, caller. Thanks for uh, joining us this morning, and uh, t- tell your friends and neighbors. Sure will. You have a great day. You too. You know, I, I think that's the thing. Maybe that's what we're not, we're not seeing, we're not understanding, is what the caller alluded to there, is that maybe, yes, we need to work more on the state level. Mm-hmm. And when we do, uh, then we, that's, where we, that's maybe where the compromise comes in right, yeah. between the left and the right yeah. uh, in the states as opposed to the left and the right on the uh, federal level because there's really no need for all of the federal interference. And I mentioned education earlier, uh, and and education would probably be a good example. That's a great place to start. Yeah, we barely need the state interference there. (laughs) Well, and we're seeing that more and more as people are homeschooling, Bill. I mean, Uh this is just one of these deals where, good gracious, you know, parents are getting so fed up that they're taking their kids out of the public schools and they're homeschooling them. Um, I ran into a family... We were out at the food truck festival, and the mother was, uh, she was very, 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 very adamant about homeschooling because, you know, her kids weren't, you know, she wasn't seeing the kind of results that uh, she wanted to see from from these folks. And so, you know, I don't blame her one bit. And she had a bunch of textbooks that she used from her days in uh, in college and was kind of using those as the guide. And her kids were uh, picking up on, you know, everything that she wanted them to pick up on. And I get it. And she had done so uh, so well with the kids that she actually allowed them to uh, start their own business. And it's uh, Soap Sisters. And they make goat's milk soap. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We, did you I, see I, that? I've, I've seen that, yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, the, you have to obviously know quite a bit to uh, be in business. I mean, there's adults that can't get their businesses off the ground. But with the help of mom and dad and, you know, some guidance, these two girls have uh, 
and started making soap. And they're going to they're getting a start at an early age. Yes. So they can get all of those mistakes out of the way, right? Well, before you know, they're, you know. Yeah. They've still they've still got the shelter provided to them um, from mom and dad. They have a you little know? bit of a safety net there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, and and you know, mom and dad are are both uh, they're not they don't I don't think they work for anybody. They've got their own businesses as well, so uh, they've got a good example, good framework, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good template to work off of there. 855, hello, Jim Paisley. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Sporting his Notre Dame hat after his visit to South Bend, Indiana. That was a great experience. Yeah. yeah. Who did that? I watched part of that game. Notre Dame won. Notre Dame won. We played Navy. Yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was Notre Dame and Navy. Yeah, it was awesome. What's it like up there? What, it what's it like being on a college campus like that? It I mean, is, you were uh, a college professor, and you were on the... The college uh, campus here locally, but it's an amazing experience. It yeah. is. Uh, they have a basilica there that's just unbelievable, and uh, they've got uh, just all sorts of fascinating things. They see a lot of history there, right? Uh, you know, in fact, the Navy game itself goes all the way back to World War II when they brought in eighteen hundred Navy cadets to a campus of five hundred students to allow them to gain ed- an education while they were get preparing for the war right yeah it was fascinating right out of the box folks he's given us a history <laughs> lesson right out of the box that's great so we're going to talk about u.s chinese relations in the nine o'clock hour you bet we are got all uh, kinds of information everything from hypersonic missiles that the uh, chinese are utilizing now it's going to be fascinating and uh, taiwan was in a little skirmish with the chinese here uh, very recently there is so much to talk about. I, I hope we can get it all in. I, I, I hesitate to use the word skirmish. I sh- I, that's probably not the word I should use. There was no skirmish. But it was one of those situations where uh, Taiwan scrambled some of their jets because of uh, the Chinese getting a little too close. We're seeing that all over the world right now, aren't we? Everybody's kind of testing us. I heard that in, in Israel they're scrambling jets yep. all of a sudden. And the Ukraine with Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Too much to talk about, really. Well, we'll uh, get to as much of it as we can. And if you have a question or comment for Professor Jim Paisley, we encourage you to call us at 573-633-5395, or KEYK. And as you can hear, our phone system is working perfectly now, thanks to the diligent efforts of one Bill Munhausen, who's uh, got all the right cords in all the right places, and that's the whole uh, that's the whole thing. So... Now when you call in or we have guests on the phone, which we will tomorrow, Frosty Wildridge will be on with us, uh, you should be able to hear him crystal clear. And if you don't get to catch, you don't get to catch the, uh, the show when we do it live, you can listen again at 4 o'clock and then again at midnight. So lots to uh, talk about with Professor Jim Paisley and your, well, your uh, patronage is, is always welcome. And if you'd like to meet him sometime, he's down here at the... Uh, Key gathering place with us on South Business 5 in Camdenton, and you are always welcome to stop in and talk to us about uh, what's going on there. The uh, And also, I, I'd like to get some more information on that bill that Matt Burns, that information. Uh, if you would forward that to me, because I'd love to have it <coughs> okay. and see if we can't get somebody to, uh, to explore and explain this a little bit more. This is actually something that uh, Bill mentioned that there uh, is is somewhat of a ballot issue. They're going to try to get this thing on the ballot? Yep, it's going to be a ballot initiative. Oh, right along with legalizing recreational marijuana next year, if they can secure that on the the ballot as well. I think they might have enough signatures, but uh, the Secretary of State's office, I think, might try to throw a few roadblocks in the way there, maybe. 
You know, we've got to, we made, what did we make on, uh, what was it, $139 million off uh, sales of medical marijuana in the first year? Mm-hmm. We made, just, the state just made a mint. Yep. And what I can't understand is why the, you know, okay, we'll go back to the federal government, why the federal government is dragging their feet like they are because you think they'd be all over this to try to get a piece of the pie. It's uh, pretty fascinating when you look at it when, yeah, under federal law, it's illegal, and under state law, it isn't. I think we're going to see more and more of these challenges come up. And the interesting thing is when you're transporting money to Colorado to put in the bank, make sure you don't go through Kansas and get stopped. Exactly. Because uh, I think that's still up in the air. Those folks, uh, there, there was somebody from Missouri that had uh, a medical marijuana facility of some kind, whether it was a grow facility or dispensary. They were traveling through Kansas. They got stopped. They... Uh, whoever stopped them found out they had a large amount of money in the vehicle and what that money had come from, which was the sale of medical marijuana. They were on their way to Colorado to drop it off at the bank, and uh, they seized it. So I guess we'll uh, still have to wait and uh, see what happens there. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast. We are at 43 degrees, and you are listening to 89.3 The Key, heard at keyradio.live. Professor Jim Paisley joins us next hour. So uh, stand by. We'll get you into some local news. Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source, and Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a check of sports. It's all here on The Key. It's time for another hour of community-based programming. You're listening to 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri, The Key. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, November 29th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Summer is long gone, and most Lake of the Ozarks boaters have winterized dreaming of warm weather's return, but not all of them. Many boaters take advantage of a fall or winter cruise or taking the bass boat out for some December angling. A majority of marinas close in late fall. However, there are some that stay open year-round, which is crucial for boaters who need to fuel up in the cold months. For a list of marinas still open and when they plan to close, go to lakeexpo.com. An enormous fire burned over 1,000 acres in Camden County last week and kept crews busy for days. Authorities say numerous houses, hunting cabins, hay bales, barns, and outbuildings were threatened, but not one was lost. Residents across the lake area noticed smoke moving through and did not know where it came from. A small group rallied outside Lake Regional Hospital Friday to oppose the COVID vaccine mandate. The 20 or so protesters say the protest was a show of solidarity with Lake Regional Health System employees who have been told they will lose their jobs if they do not comply by Sunday, December 5th with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Lake Regional Health System's outgoing CEO, Dane Henry, said in a statement that the federal government issued the rule requiring staff in health care facilities nationwide to be vaccinated. For more on these stories, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. 
LakeExpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV Sports Update for this Monday. Chiefs had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. They were off their 7-4, and four, right a four-game win streak as they come out of their bye week. They will be at home to the Broncos next Sunday night. The return of Cam Newton was highly overrated. Newton was benched by the Panthers in their big loss to Miami yesterday. Big wins included the Bengals over Pittsburgh, Buccaneers over Indy, the Patriots Rush, Tennessee. Broncos beat the Chargers. Chiefs are leading the AFC West by one game over all the other teams in the division. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos all 6-5, and five, one game behind the Chiefs. A huge coaching change in college football. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Riley 55-10 and 10 in five seasons at Oklahoma. Another coaching change. Florida hires Louisiana's Billy Napier as their new head coach. The Gators fired Dan Mullen after their loss to Mizzou a couple of weeks ago. Mizzou finishing the regular season 6-6 six and six after losing to Arkansas on Friday. The Tigers are headed to a bowl game. Season came to an end for the MSU Bears. They finish at 8-4, losing in the first round to UT Martin. They give up a touchdown with about three minutes to go, and they lose by one point to UT Martin. Great season for the Bears, though. High school football playoffs, Class 6 state champion Christian Brothers. They beat Liberty North 48-21 in the championship game this last weekend. Class 5 semifinals, Webb City beat Jackson, and Holt beat Fort Osage. In Class 4, the semis, Hannibal beat North County. Smithville beat MICDS. In Class 3, it was St. Mary's beating up on Mexico and St. Pius, Kansas City over Cardinal Ritter. Class 2's Final Four, Lutheran St. Charles beat Lafayette County and Lamar beat Richmond. So the Class 5, 4, 3, and 2 championship games will be played this coming weekend. High School Basketball, Osage, Versailles, and Eldon all play in the Tri-County Tournament this week at Boonville. Camdenton opens the season Tuesday at home against Aurora. College Hoops tonight, 3-3 three three Mizzou Tigers home to Paul Quinn. The 4-2 uh, and two MSU Bears will be at Illinois State on Wednesday. Lake TV has what you need. What's burning with KB Kevin Burns is at 7 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon, and 11 at night. You can't miss it. What's burning with KB on Lake TV? I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Thank <laughs> you.
the Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. And we welcome you back into The Daily Show at 9.07. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. 43 degrees now on our way to a high of 64. It's a beautiful day to be alive and live at the lake. It always is. And to have the opportunity to get out and uh, maybe enjoy the lake area because we are set to hit mid-70s by the middle of the week, uh, right around uh, Thursday, possibly uh, into Friday. We should see some uh, decent weather, very decent as a matter of fact. Uh, 64 the high today will drop down to, uh, let's see, 40 or 39 now. They've updated it, 63 for the high. And a low of 39, but plenty of sunshine today and a clear sky tonight. 57 in clouds tomorrow with a low 41. Partly cloudy and 65 on Wednesday, low 48. Sunny, 71 on Thursday with a low 51. I'll take it regardless. Uh, 69 the expected high with a partly cloudy sky on Friday and a low 43. And then uh, sunshine now on Saturday, high 53, low 34. And an almost identical forecast for Sunday. Again, uh, same high and low, but maybe a few more clouds. 43 degrees, clear, 909. And we are glad to have Professor Jim Paisley back with us as he's been touring these United States. We told you about his trip to Notre Dame. And then, of course, is it Notre Dame or do they they call it, they call it now? It's Notre Dame. Well, I call it Notre Dame. So Notre Dame. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, down there in Florida, finding out what uh, life is like, experiencing the grandkids exposing them to uh, different ways of life and how folks do it in other parts of these United States. Is there any, was there any takeaway for your grandkids? Did they say, Grandpa, we, we saw this, we remember that, we'll always remember this, thanks for telling us about that? We got to do a little uh, fishing while we were there, which was fun. And uh, I think the big takeaway for the kids was for them to see how the rest of the world lives. Right. Uh, we took the circuitous route down through Arkansas and Memphis and that route, and I think uh, it gave them an even greater appreciation for how lucky they are to live where we do. And boy, to live here at Lake of the Ozarks, it just makes me love this place that much more. There you it, go, folks. It's wonderful. There you go. So we wanted to bring you in to talk a little bit about uh, U.S.-Chinese relations, because as we know, they're always stressed, they're always strained, um, there's always something going on. Bill brought up the point that the Chinese economy isn't in the best shape right now, but there's a lot of investment opportunities out there that the Chinese are taking advantage of. And I go all the way back to when they first started investing money into real estate in Detroit mm -hmm. and started buying up that city left and right. Yeah, I've got a good friend that uh, lives in Detroit, and he said it's unbelievable. They're buying those great big buildings for pennies on the dollar. Sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with them. Which is, in kind of a roundabout way, and maybe people don't look at it the same way I do here, but it's kind of uh, this, these investment opportunities mean Big things for people in that city. Yes, they do. And, I mean, Detroit, which, you know, we know their football team stinks, <laughs> and it has for a lot of years. But yeah. uh, the point is is that, you know, a, a lot of those buildings were built and then just kind of let go. Yeah. And so now they're coming to back in, and they're, they're doing a variety of different things. They're turning a lot of them into apartment complexes. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get that young, that young vibe in the city, give the city some new life, some young blood, if you will. It is it is fascinating if you go back and and just pull up on the internet and look at look at uh, just the images for Detroit at the turn of the 20th century. It the town was just, I mean, a model. It was just unbelievable. The the businesses, you know, with the auto industry and all, uh, the libraries, the schools. It was 
just beyond comprehension and to see it in the disrepair it is in in today is just a shame it really is well a lot of these buildings have been invested uh, in by the chinese but they're still kind of sitting there so yeah i guess somebody needs to to light a fire yeah. so what we're what we're going to do i don't know uh, what uh, what your plan of attack is on this this morning i have uh, two things i'd really like to talk about this morning one is the one china policy which deals with taiwan and then which seems to be at the forefront of the news and then the other one that's that's creeping along behind this and it's even much bigger and ties directly to what you were saying, KB, mm. is something called the Belt and Road Initiative. This is uh, China's uh, initiative where they're using them, their money to influence countries worldwide. And we're talking not just a few countries. We're talking over 70 countries, and they are investing billions of dollars. Now, if this sounds familiar to some of my history students out there, it's because what they're doing is dollar diplomacy. Dollar diplomacy we sure. talked about this, you know, at the turn of the 20th century, how the United States was, you know, on top of the game and used our money to go in into places like South America and Central America. And we would literally buy up the national debt of countries, which then put them basically in our pocket to where we could have a little bit of control as to what they did and what their alliances were. Well, we're watching China do the exact same thing that we did. They're taking the money they have and they're investing it worldwide into programs, uh, buying up debt from these small countries, particularly in places like uh, Africa and in Asia and really just uh, South America as well. And what we're seeing them do is they're either buying up the debt or they're coming in and building infrastructure, things like ports and highways and uh, utilities. And then what happens is they use their construction companies to build it. Once they've built it, they put their people in charge of running these things. And now the country finds itself has so much money, uh, so much influence coming from China that they've lost control of their own country. And unfortunately, we're even seeing that in our own hemisphere in the Caribbean. So when we have an infrastructure bill, are we financing the Chinese who bought our infrastructure? Well, th there's another great point in that it's fascinating to me that our, our national debt that you hear so much about, um, we owe $1.3 billion, that's, or trillion dollars, trillion, trillion dollars with a T, to uh, the Chinese. And second, behind them, we owe $1.1 trillion to the Japanese. So, yeah, when we start talking about, you know, our infrastructure bills and, and the money, and we talk about increasing our national debt, well, that national debt, the bulk of that is, is held by these foreign countries. So as they are loaning us money, we're... Be falling victim to becoming part of this whole dollar diplomacy scheme same sort of thing yeah you know so you can't be very well mad at them when they're doing exactly what we taught them how to do yeah it's it's pretty fascinating where did that lead for the u.s though it, it we we didn't win a whole lot of permanent friends no we didn't uh and that therein lies the problem like i say everybody's quick to jump on the opportunity these third world countries are are happy to have China come in and invest heavily. You know, I heard him even talking about Afghanistan the other day and how 
China is very, you know, all over that in that they, they have uh, the lithium uh, resources there. Well, you know, right now the Taliban and everybody's probably happy to have that influx of money coming in, but eventually when China has complete control of the country, then it, it will be a different deal. And, and for us, we run into the same thing. We were seen as, as using our money and our power to peddle influence in those countries, and it eventually led to revolutions where we then had the huge problem of once you have it, you got to hold it. And therein is the problem that China, I think, is facing now. As they're expanding and grabbing all of these territories, it's one thing to have it. It's another thing to hold it. And, you know, throughout history, these powerful leaders have found themselves in a problem where they're spread too thin. And I think that's what China is looking yeah. at right now. Are they doing it through their corporations instead of through their government? That's, that's you know, there there's the fine line in that, you know, when you're talking about a communist nation, uh, the answer to that is yes for both. Um, you know, their corporations are, are buying these things, you know, which kind of gives them cover as saying, well, you know, we're just, you know, like any, any other capitalist group coming in and buying and investing. But by the same token, their board of directors is all beholden to their government. Yeah, but it all also mitigates the risk because, you know, they could lose one corporation and that, that's no big deal. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty interesting Ponzi scheme when you really look at it. Um, but we're talking literally trillions of dollars being invested. Now, back to the other issue, the the one-China policy, and this is the one that KB has brought up a couple of times when we talk about these aircraft, you know, flying over Taiwan, Chinese aircraft, and their ships in the straits there and all. Um, this goes back to a, a key part of history. Um, in essence, what happened was, is at the end of World War II, we, uh, and, and this is important, folks, that we understand this. China was our ally in World War II. I mean, and this is, this is where history seems so strange sometimes, in that in World War II, we had the strangest bedfellows in that we had Russia and China as allies. <laughs> but, but China wasn't <laughs> communist yet, though. Yeah, exactly. They were, that was Chiang Kai-shek, probably? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so what happened was is that, you know, we needed to do everything we could to try and defeat the Axis powers of Japan and Italy and Germany. And so everybody saw that, the, the, the threat that it was. And so now people that in the past didn't necessarily get along become allies. And so here we are, you know, just in, in a generation, find ourselves with people that were our allies are now our enemies. Now we have Russia and China are our biggest threats when during that war, we saw them as assets and allies. But what happened was, is at the end of World War II, in '49, the Chinese were in a civil war. Basically, they had been weakened terribly by the Japanese coming in and just wreaking havoc on their country. And so as a result of that, a civil war broke out. And we saw the communists, under Mao Zedong, they're fighting against the Chiang Kai-shek and his followers in what was known as the Kuomintang Party. It was a, a group that was looking more or less to try and create something like a parliamentary form of government like, like England had. So Chiang Kai-shek, that group of Chinese, were our allies, and we were supplying them with arms during 
World War II against the Japanese. When the war ended, there was a struggle within the country as to who's going to run it. And lo and behold, what happened is the Chinese Communist Party won, won this civil war, and the people that we were backing had to flee the country. And they fled China, and you guessed it, they went to Taiwan. Now, when they got to Taiwan, they contended that they were the true government of China. All right? China, the Chinese communists, on the other hand, said, no, you know, you guys lost. You're out there on that island. All of China belongs to us. Now, this is important for you folks listening out there because I see this all the time on your news, your local news and stuff. And as this is popping up, I've seen this mistake made a hundred times, okay? But you need to understand that the two countries that wound up, the ones in Taiwan and the ones in China proper, were both took names that were very similar. The Republic of China, that's the people in Taiwan. They call themselves the Republic of China. Now, the people in China, okay, the, the current Communist Party, is the People's Republic of China. So you have the Republic of China is the ones on Taiwan, and the People's Republic of China is the Chinese mainland. And I've seen this a hundred times on the news. They don't know. They get, you know, they get, and people, when they just say China, you have to understand that the people in Taiwan consider themselves China, and the people in China consider themselves <laughs> China. So it is, it's, it's interesting. Now, Taiwan finds themselves in a very awkward position here in that they're not recognized as an independent country by much of the world, not even the United Nations. But Taiwan's not entirely lost out. They still have trade partners throughout Asia. Now, what the problem is, is that what happened was, is that all the way back in the 1970s, now bear in mind, China proper is saying, you guys are, are nothing. You're, you're a rogue group that's gone out to this island. We're not going to let you represent China. And basically what happened was initially a lot of the governments, including the United States, recognized Taiwan uh, when they split off and went out to, out, out to form their own Chinese republic, if you will. But bear in mind, you know, you have to look at this from the standpoint that it's two different groups are contending that they are ruling China. But what happened was is China proper started to expand and their economy became larger and larger, and the communists grasped more control of their entire country with their billion popu billions of people in population, now all of a sudden the rest of the world started looking at it and seeing them as a major power and said, we're going to have to start working with them more. And so they started working less with Taiwan and more with the Chinese Communist Party, and it just simply in terms of trade and and worrying about uh, foreign relations, et cetera. Now, <clears throat> what happened was, is after years of these relations between the two countries, Taiwan and China proper with the United States, the U.S. established formal diplomatic ties with Beijing in 1979. And yes, folks, that was under Jimmy Carter. So Jimmy Carter is the one that said, okay, we're going to shift our focus to f supporting, uh, if you will, on a, on a world stage, recognizing on a world stage the Chinese communist China versus the Taiwanese China, okay? So 
Taiwan kind of got kicked to the side uh, from a diplomatic standpoint, and now all of a sudden the Chinese Communist Party and China proper come to the forefront. And as a result of this, the U.S. severed ties with Taiwan and closed our Taiwan embassy in Taipei. So under Jimmy Carter is where we saw this big shift, all right? Now, everybody says, well, that should have been it. But in that same year, back in 79, what happened was is the U.S. passed the Taiwanese Relations Act, Taiwan Relations Act, and it guaranteed support of the island. So basically the U.S. told Taiwan, yeah, we're going to, you know, basically not recognize you on the world stage, but don't worry, we're here for you if anything ever happens, if China decides to come and hmm. overrun you. Now, it states, just clear as can be in the Taiwan Relations Act, that the U.S. must help Taiwan defend itself, which is why the U.S. continues to sell arms to Taiwan. And, you know, we're saying we want a peaceful resolution, but, folks, let's, let's face it, you know. <laughs> How are you going to get a peaceful resolution out of this? <laughs> I mean, it's been going on since since a civil war at the end of World War II. Why why does mainland China want Taiwan? Why <laughs> not just ignore it? It's an island. There's there's two things. One, uh, first off, it would be like if Texas decided to just secede, and you've got these people out there that are saying, "To heck with you! We're we want to run the country." It'd be more like Hawaii trying to secede. Exactly, more like <laughs> Hawaii. The problem is, is that Taiwan is still pushing this idea that at some point in time they will rise up and take control of the entire mainland again. So they're unlike Hawaii. Unlike Hawaii, <laughs> yes. And and in their propaganda and their their pushing among the people, they they actually when they moved to Taiwan, they started converting the the people of Taiwan to this concept that they are now part of China and that the people of Taiwan are Chinese. Now, that's another issue altogether and a whole other show, but mm. bottom line is is that they're seen as a big threat. Also, Taiwan being this huge island right off the coast of China from a strategic standpoint is a big threat to them. For us to be supplying Taiwan with weapons, uh, aircraft, so on and so forth, um, again, it would be a, a huge threat. It's not at all unlike uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking Cuba as you were talking. Yeah. It's kind of like having this uh, enemy foreign power 90 miles away. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The same sort of thing. And, you know, so we have this, this impasse, <coughs> if you will. And like I say, the biggest problem I see right now is that we have, have a situation where it, it's a powder keg, and we have been sending messages worldwide through our diplomatic relations that the United States is not necessarily wanting to get involved in any of these big issues. And I feel like what we're seeing is China is pushing our current administration to see just how far they can go. Now, bear in mind, they're, they're in a pretty good position right now in that we owe them $1.3 trillion in our national debt. They're buying up businesses left and right, like KB was saying. And, and now, uh, from a military standpoint, uh, 
bear in mind, history does repeat itself. One of the big things that happened in World War II is when Hitler was expanding, one of his first moves was to try and cut a deal with Japan. He went to Tojo and said, look, we really want you to declare war on the United States because we know the U.S. is going to get involved in this thing. And Tojo told him, he said, heck no, I'm not going to tackle that. And he said, well, you don't have to do it right now, but in the event that the war escalates, we want you on our side. And they cut a deal. Hmm. Well, what that did is it put the United States in a two-front war. We were faced with having to fight not only in Europe, but in Asia as well, which was a huge burden on us. I mean, and in essence, you know, what we did is we made the decision to fight in Europe first and then go back and take, uh, take on the Japanese. But by the time we got back to Asia, the Japanese had swept across uh, all of uh, French Indochina, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, along with all of China. And so we had a lot more work to do when that came to an end. I always thought that was interesting how it was approached because obviously in the European theater, you had all kinds of ground. Mm -hmm. You didn't have to worry about uh, much being done out at sea. Right. And, of course, with the Pacific theater, it was completely and totally the opposite. You had to get your Navy into a position to surround some of these islands, bombard them, uh, officially land on them, Mm -hmm. uh, get all of the forces that are on there. Uh, the opposing force off that island, mm-hmm. uh, establish airstrips. I mean, it seemed to me like, boy, for the island hopping, as it was called, that we were doing, Right. you talk about time-consuming, money. Oh, my Lord, all the money they had to throw at it in order to make this happen. And and here again, when you look at places like uh, Iwo Jima, where, uh, and some of these, these big battles took place, you have to keep in mind that because we were occupied in Europe, the whole time the Japanese were building uh, these islands up with huge systems, uh, underground systems that included hospitals, munitions built into the hillsides that could cover the sea for any landings. I mean, and stockpiled everything they needed. They could hold out on those islands for a long time. And and in, in some instances they did because, you know, 20, 30, 40, almost 50 years later, there were Japanese soldiers that were told... Sure. Hold, hold your post, hold your ground. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did to yeah. the point where I think there was a guy that was, uh, uh, he had been holed out on an island for like 40 plus years. Yeah. And his commander told him when they left, we'll come back for you. But until that time, hold your ground. I think I saw him at the Camdenton Walmart <laughs> last week. Could be very possible. <laughs> hey, listen, we need to uh, jump in here and take a quick break. Our guest is Professor Jim Paisley. And uh, we're going to uh, hit you up with some news, local news. Stacy Johnson from LakeExpo.com, your trusted news source. Chris Schneider from Lake TV with a look at sports. And then we'll get back here and continue on with our conversation. And please, folks, understand and realize that your phone calls are welcome at 573-633-5395-633-5395 or KEYK. Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, 
November 29th. Take a deeper dive at lakeexpo.com. Summer is long gone, and most Lake of the Ozarks boaters have winterized, dreaming of warm weather's return. But not all of them. Many boaters take advantage of a fall or winter cruise or taking the bass boat out for some December angling. A majority of marinas close in late fall. However, there are some that stay open year-round, which is crucial for boaters who need to fuel up in the cold months. For a list of marinas still open and when they plan to close, go to Lake Expo. Expo.com. An enormous fire burned over 1,000 acres in Camden County last week and kept crews busy for days. Authorities say numerous houses, hunting cabins, hay bales, barns, and outbuildings were threatened, but not one was lost. Residents across the lake area noticed smoke moving through and did not know where it came from. A small group rallied outside Lake Regional Hospital Friday to oppose the COVID vaccine mandate. The 20 or so protesters say the protest was a show of solidarity with Lake Regional Health System employees who have been told they will lose their jobs if they do not comply by Sunday, December 5th with the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Lake Regional Health System's outgoing CEO, Dane Henry, said in a statement that the federal government issued the rule requiring staff in health care facilities nationwide to be vaccinated. For more on these stories, head to lakeexpo.com. Download our free app from the App Store and Google Play to get more Lake of the Ozarks news. Lakeexpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through a generous donation from Victoria Station. Misty Atkinson talks about Victoria Station. We carry nautical pictures. People come to the lake and they want to decorate in lake styles, and so we offer ocean and lake type things. We also specialize in lots of holiday themed things from fall and Thanksgiving into Christmas. We have things that you can decorate your home as well as those special things to give as gifts. We are located just off the Case Road exit in Osage Beach, and we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Chiefs had a nice Thanksgiving weekend. They were off their 7-4, and four, right? A four-game win streak as they come out of their bye week. They will be at home to the Broncos next Sunday night. The return of Cam Newton was highly overrated. Newton was benched by the Panthers in their big loss to Miami yesterday. Big wins included the Bengals over Pittsburgh, Buccaneers over Indy, the Patriots crushed Tennessee, Broncos beat the Chargers, Chiefs are leading the AFC West by one game over all the other teams in the division. The Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos all 6-5, and five, one game behind the Chiefs. A huge coaching change in college football. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. Riley 55-10 and 10 in five seasons at Oklahoma. Another coaching change. Florida hires Louisiana's Billy Napier as their new head coach. The Gators fired Dan Mullen after their loss to Mizzou a couple of weeks ago. Mizzou finishing the regular season 6-6 six and six after losing to Arkansas on Friday. The Tigers are headed to a bowl game. See Season came to an end for the MSU Bears. They finish at eight and four, losing in the first round to UT Martin. They give up a touchdown with about three minutes to go, and they lose by one point to UT Martin. Great season for the Bears, though. High school football playoffs. Class
last six state champion Christian Brothers. They beat Liberty North 48-21 in the championship game this last weekend. Class 5 semifinals, Webb City beat Jackson and Holt beat Fort Osage. In Class 4, the semis, Hannibal beat North County. Smithville beat MICDS. In Class 3, it was St. Mary's beating up on Mexico and St. Pius, Kansas City over Cardinal Ritter. Class 2's Final Four, Lutheran St. Charles beat Lafayette County and Lamar beat Richmond. So the Class 5, 4, 3, and 2 championship games will be played this coming weekend. High school basketball, Osage, Versailles, and Eldon all play in the Tri-County Tournament this week at Boonville. Camdenton opens the season Tuesday at home against Aurora. College hoops tonight, 3-3 three and three Mizzou Tigers home to Paul Quinn. The 4-2 uh, and two MSU Bears will be at Illinois State on Wednesday. Lake TV has what you need. What's burning with KB Kevin Burns is at 7 in the morning, 5 in the afternoon, and 11 at night. You can't miss it. What's burning with KB on Lake TV? I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Key Radio is financially supported in part by generous giving from Firefly Valley Farms, coffee roasters and beverage solutions. Firefly Valley Farms believes coffee is a big deal. It's their passion. They owned a coffee shop for 11 years and have been roasting coffee since 2006. When you order coffee, they freshly roast it and ship it directly to your home or office and you enjoy. Nothing compares to coffee this fresh. Firefly Valley Farms also takes pride in supporting growers that utilize ethical and sustainable processing practices. In addition to coffee, they have a family-owned and operated fruit orchard nestled at the bottom of Hudson Hollow on the banks of the Little Niagara River in Roach, Missouri. Firefly Valley Farms protects our land, rivers, our bees, and our bodies by using only organic pest management. Learn more online at fireflyvalleyfarms.com. Saturday, December 4th, from 10.30 to 1, it's the annual Christmas on the Square event. It's free and sponsored by the Camdenton Area Chamber of Commerce. Help crush hunger for the 120-plus families that receive assistance from the Lamb House with the Can-Do Challenge. Collect and bring your non-perishable food items to the collection tent, and for every 10 items you donate, you'll be entered into a drawing for a prize. Contact Rhonda at 573-286-7945 with any questions. 286-7945. Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. 937, 47 degrees on our way to a high today of around 63 before it is all said and done. But before I commit to that, let me do a quick refresh and see if anything has changed. Who knows? Maybe they've, nope, they haven't changed anything at this point. Still looking for a high today of 63. I will... uh, Take that. Sunshine, plenty of it. Clear and 39 tonight. Then for tomorrow, clouds and 57 with a low of 41. Wednesday's high of 65. Partly cloudy and a low of 48. Sunny and 71 on Thursday with a low of 51. 69 the expected high on Friday with a low of 43. Saturday looks like we'll get into mid-50s for highs, mid-30s for lows. Sunny on Saturday, partly cloudy on Sunday, 9.38, and uh, Jim Paisley is here with us, Professor Jim Paisley. And by the way, you can catch his True History Professor program at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon, then again at 10 o'clock tonight, and uh, at 6 a.m. 
is when uh, we really get to hear it for the first time on Mondays. Jim is also on uh, Wednesdays, True Professor, at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m., and uh, on Saturdays as well, 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m., with lots of great uh, history. And he recently spoke about Thanksgiving, which uh, we got that in there for the big holiday. And then you've got another one I know for Christmas. Yep. Let's take an opportunity to uh, jump in here and uh, take a phone call from a listener. Always great to hear from our listeners, wherever they may be tuning in. And caller, good morning. You are on uh, Key Radio. What's up? Hey, it's a great job by Jim as usual explaining this stuff. Uh, I had a question for Jim. Uh-huh. Um, I know we've spent a lot of resources trying to keep China in World War II with the Burma Road flying yeah. over the hump. But it, isn't it true that pretty much the, the Chinese were more concerned with fighting the communist Chinese and they didn't spend a lot of their resources fighting the Japanese because they knew they were going to have to get into a big conflict later after the war was over. So it's almost like one of these Afghanistan deals where corruption and and their own motives kind of like siphon off a lot of the resources we send them, and they're kind of not as enthusiastic about doing what we intended them to do with the stuff we gave them. That's it. It's a, a great point in that what you have to bear in mind is that what was happening before the war started, and this ties right into the caller's uh, point here, is that before the war started, we already had um, the old samurai class in in China was sitting there fighting against against the uh, uh, Kuomintang party of Chiang Kai-shek. Uh, his brother-in-law, Sun Yat-sen, had, had founded that. So you had two parties fighting each other, the samurai and the, and the Kuomintang party. And what we saw happen is that the communists then came in. They swept in and added a third party to the Civil War. Well, while this Civil War is going on, the Japanese said, now's the time to hit, because everybody was fighting everybody else. They had taken their eye off the ball, and Japan swept in, took the northern part of China China up in Manchuria, and the next thing you know, all three of those groups that were fighting each other in the Civil War are being slaughtered piecemeal by the Japanese military. Mm. And so when the war came to an end, throughout the war, everybody realized you know, it's one thing to defeat the Japanese, but when the smoke finally clears, that's still that conflict is still there. And sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, Chiang Kai-shek and, and his party, uh, you know, we did what we could to help them, but you're exactly right. The, the Chinese communists were there, um, and that's where uh, Chairman Mao and the boys came in and were able to defeat the Kuomintang and force them out into Taiwan. So great call, great call, great point. And we encourage more of you out there listening this morning to call us as well, 573-633-5395. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what we were going to discuss at this point now that uh, we are on the other side of the break, we, sure. what we talked about going into the break. Let's, let's talk about this Belt and Road program that the Chinese have. And again, they've in, have had influence in 70 different countries, and they're taking the profits that they're making uh, off of all these businesses, like I say, look under your Christmas tree, folks, and find me something that's not Chinese. They're taking that money, and they're spreading it worldwide for more influence. And I, I found some really good examples here. Uh, China has indicated it would not support taking Iran to the U.N. Security Council over its nuclear weapons program. 
And basically what they're saying is, is that no, you know, and bear in mind the UN Security Council, in order to use UN troops, you have to have a unanimous approval amongst the major powers, and China is one of them. So they have veto power. Now what happens is, is that China said, no, you know, we're not going to turn around and put any sanctions on Iran over their nuclear program. And the reason why, the reason why, folks, is that China has invested $100 billion in a gas and oil deal with Iran. So think about that, $100 billion. So they're not going to do anything to make Iran mad because they've got $100 billion invested. Likewise, China also worked hard against a strong U.N. resolution on the genocide that's taking place in Sudan. And all you got to do is dig a little bit, and sure enough, you can find that China has a $3 billion oil investment in Sudan. That's right. So when the U.N. says, we need to do something to stop these people from slaughtering all these people in Sudan, China steps up and says, we're not going to vote for that. The reason why? $3 billion. The China also has uh, taken advantage of the transatlantic tra tensions arising from the Iraq War, too. China has seemingly convinced the European Union, led by France and Germany, to lift the EU's 1989 Tiananmen Square arms embargo. China wants forgiveness for Tiananmen Square, the crackdown, and Europe hopes that ending the ban will result in large commercial deals and perhaps arms deals for European firms. Now, needless to say, the United States is totally opposed to this, but Europe stands to make a bundle, and, and China has the money to buy a lot of stuff, so there you go. So, bottom line to this, folks, is China is pursuing a foreign policy in order to advance its national interests. The existence of dissatisfaction with Washington or American policies and global capitals only makes it easier. So the more things that we're doing to basically aggravate all of our allies, England, France, Germany, uh, Israel, all of them, what we're doing is it's just convincing these other countries when China knocks on the door with several billion dollars in a briefcase and says, we'd love to come in here and build up your country and put you all back on your feet and, and, you know, be your partner, they're saying, heck yeah, because, you know, the United States is certainly not going to do it. And so we've, we've put ourselves in a terrible position. And not only are we looking at this from the European Union, the Middle East, China is also now investing heavily in uh, Latin America and the Caribbean as well. Again, oil interests. The thing that China doesn't have that they need are natural resources. And so what they've done is they've just taken the money they're making and they're going out and not just buying the resources, they're buying the facilities to get the resources. Yeah, they're buying production. Exactly. And, and we're seeing that even here in our own country, folks. China is buying up farms in Nebraska and, and Iowa and, and Kansas. Um, and so, again, uh, they're not just buying the corn. They're buying the ground now, to make the corn. Now, how is this being done? Because I would think at some point, you know, the family farm is nothing like it used to be. Exactly. And, and uh, I think, you know, as, as, as kids get out and see what a great big world this is, mm -hmm. they, they, they kind of lose interest as far as going back and, and running the family farm. Yeah. Uh, but 
why, how are these Chinese companies able to acquire, and, and, and I guess you could say it's very easy with the amount of money they come in with, Sure. but do they have somebody, and I would imagine they do, kind of running ir- interference for them like a middleman, so maybe when these companies come to buy these farms, the farmers don't necessarily know that we're talking, well, I'm sure they do now, but... They don't necessarily know the background that uh, a Chinese company is going to end up with their farm. Well, and, and uh, boy, you've hit the nail on the head here. You know, how many times, and I know a lot of people, myself included, uh, you took out a loan with your local bank to buy your home, mm-hmm. and then you get a notice that it had been sold to, that the loan had been sold to someone else. Right. And it's exactly the same thing that's happening here, is, is you may sell it to a, a big American corporation thinking, good deal, and that big corporation has fingers worldwide with all the world banks. And the next thing you know, you know, they just they put it out there and sell it. We talk about how the Chinese are doing things financially. Uh-huh. But the next big move for them that I see anyway, and I was reading an article on this, is artificial intelligence. Yes. And there is a huge, huge, huge war between... Uh, the Chinese Communist Party, the United States, and Russia uh-huh. to dominate artificial intelligence. Because once you dominate artificial intelligence, you've pretty much got by the short curlies on that yeah. one. Yeah, and, and what I found fascinating, I, uh, I remember a few years back a student did a, a paper on this, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was called the 2025 Project. But in essence, you had all these big hitters, um, you know, people like from Google and... and uh, you know, Microsoft and that, and uh, several re- Russian oligarchs that were investing money in this project to create a an artificial intelligence and get it up and running. And then, and this will blow your mind. I, I I struggled with it myself, but if you can get something up that can that can up and run, and then give it questions and let it solve the question. Mm-hmm. You know, like you put all the information in the world about cancer, all of it in in this thing, and then you say, okay, what would work for treating this type of cancer? Right now it's scattered worldwide. If you get this artificial intelligence that can research it, then it can actually take the data available, find the commonalities, and come up with an answer. Same thing, they think that if they can build it, that the artificial intelligence would be able to create itself, in essence, make it more smart than it already is. Yeah. And so the first push is to create that artificial intelligence and then let the machine itself take it and run from there. It goes back, to, uh, goes back to movies like, uh, what, uh, 2001, mm-hmm. uh, or, or more importantly, the Terminator, mm-hmm. Terminator movies. Terminator, right. When, yeah. the very first, when they became aware. Right. That's the, that was the thing, you know. And then all of those machines started hunting the people. They, they, they processed the robots, which, as the people learned how to defeat the robots, the robots became smarter and developed a better quality of robot to the form of that liquid robot that right. they had, which could change shapes and take well, on other people's identities. Think about this. Just in our lifetime, uh, when I was doing my graduate work, I had to go to the library and pull out a Cardex. Most of you probably don't even know what that is, but you had big files of cards, and you pulled out where the books were and the research. You had to research it, pull out a card out of this file, and then go to the stacks and pull the book out and read the book and then try and figure out how you're going to put all your information together. Good old card catalog. Yes, the old (laughs) card catalog. Think about that. That's where we were when I was in grad school. And now, you know... 
you can my grandkid i can ask them a question and they can pull it up on google and give me the answer instantaneously sure so you can see how quickly this can advance and it's the very thing the computer is doing the work so here's the interesting part of this this article says in april the u.s national security commission on artificial intelligence didn't know we had one of those did you mm -hmm. released a report uh listing the Chinese Communist Party as a strategic competitor and viewed China's development in the field of AI as a threat. China's domestic use of uh, AI, surveillance, and repression is a chilling precedent for anyone around the world who cherishes individual liberty. Uh, Washington think tank Brookings Institution Chairman John Allen and Vice Chairman Daryl West co-authored Turning Point, a book on artificial intelligence discussing how society can be best or best utilize AI technology. The book mentioned creating ethical principles, strengthening government oversight, defining corporate <laughs> culpability, <laughs> tightening personal privacy requirements, and penalizing malicious use of new technologies. You know what this sounds like to me? This sounds like exactly when they rolled out the uh, Patriot Act exactly. after 9-11. Uh, Oh, it's going to do all these wonderful things, all, right. all these great things, and then we turn around and get bit in the behind by our own, uh, uh, our own uh, approach to this. Now, they do say uh, that the biggest, uh, I, I guess, uh, this, what they say, China's great leap forward in artificial intelligence is driven by large-scale capital. However, despite the emerging threat, guess, guess what? Yeah. Wall Street remains the largest investor in the Chinese AI Industry. Sure. Wall or, Street. Yeah. Follow Al the money. Almost all large tech companies in mainland China are supported by American capital. For example, Chinese tech giants uh, Badu and uh, some others uh, are the parent company of TikTok. TikTok, rather, have been publicly listed and heavily invested in by Wall Street over the years. So we could very well be helping to finance. When you, when you go to your uh, financial consultant, you might want to check on some of your investments as far as how, uh, how they go or where they go back to. And if you're uh, helping to support a Chinese company, you might want to pull the plug on well, that. Well, and how many times have we done this? You know, again, history tells us with the Dawes Act and the Marshall Plan after World War II, we went in and rebuilt Japan. Um, you know, and all of a sudden they start producing everything, including automobiles. And all of a sudden Detroit becomes what it is today because people were buying Japanese cars. We built them brand new factories at the end of World War II with our, our tax dollars. And in the meantime, we didn't have any money invested in our own factories. And that's how the Japanese car industry leaped forward. And so we're seeing it again. I think that's ex a great example of it right there. Well, the, uh, the Germans gave us the big middle finger after World War I when they weren't supposed to be building uh, planes or ships or anything uh, related to military. Exactly. And uh, Hitler said, uh, forget it. Yeah. Well, and, and right now, look how many cars are sitting at these uh, auto plants that we can't even deliver them because they don't have a chip. And, yeah. who, and who makes the chip? Right. Are we seeing a change? Um, it used to be that nations mattered. Maybe it's going to be a corporate future where uh, corporations will matter? Well, you know, there there again, you've, you've hit on, on a key point in that we talked about at the beginning of the show is when a cor Chinese corporation does something, are they doing it of their own free will, or are they doing it because they're manipulated by their government? So, Or are they manipulating their government? They're hand in hand. I mean, is Google in charge, or is the United States in charge? Well, exactly, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here again, when you look at those things, uh, you know, the ties between governments and corporations have been there 
for, for eons, for eons. You know, uh, a lot of people don't realize in World War II, uh, Henry Ford was making as many uh, vehicles for Germany and Italy as he was for us. You know, he had factories over well, there. That were he had ties to countries, but he didn't care which country. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and that's what I'm seeing happening with our corporations now. They don't care who, right. which country they're investing in. The almighty dollar, right? So, yeah, follow the money is a, a good theme to go by, especially you know, when we're talking about China. Maybe the nations and the United Nations are just kind of a facade, a smoke and mirrors, and it's really the corporations that are going to be running everything. Sure. The sure. United Nations is a huge facade. It's, it's a huge paper tiger, yes. in, in my opinion anyway, because they, they don't play by the, the rules as you would you know, consider them as far as the United Nations goes. As you just sat here and said, Chinese on the, uh, what, the Security Council. Right. <laughs> They're not going to give uh, Iran any trouble. They're not going to give Sudan any trouble. They've, uh, there's oh. too much money there. Yeah, China, I mean, China they have Russia their own personal financial interests. China in and Russia both have veto power on the Security Council. I think there's seven members. And, yeah, you know, then you have the U.S., France, Germany, so on and so forth. But any one of them can say no. And it shoots it down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and that was set up originally as the League of Nations after World War I uh, with the idea that there'd never be another war. People could come in and they'd just vote on it. And in the event that, you know, the belligerents said to heck with that, you'd have the force of all the other countries of the world come down on them and force them into compliance. Well, we're not seeing that happen anymore, are we? NATO. Uh, yeah. It's a great opportunity for United little Nations. little countries uh, to get up there and, and have their, you know, what do they call it, their 15 minutes of fame. Bang on the podium for a few minutes exactly. and then and then sit down. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it gives them a voice and that's let it, it. Let them get it out of its system and once it's done, we'll, we'll get back to business as usual. Yeah. Still some time on the tail end of the hour if you'd like to uh, call us with a question or comment for Professor Jim Paisley. He is the uh, podcaster for uh, True History Professor. Again, heard on uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays here on uh, Key Radio. So make sure you check it out when he is on the air. Or check him out at one of his uh, many venues that he likes to, uh, he gets, he, you're out there, man. I'm out there. We got yeah. your sponsor yet? I haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. You no. Know? no, I need a sponsor. Anybody who wants to jump up there and be a sponsor, I'd be tickled to death. Yeah, be an underwriter for uh, Jim's. Uh, so many people love Jim's work, and, and and we do here. I mean, my goodness, what a great opportunity to just sit back and learn. Well, it's it's a lot of fun for me, and and like you like you can see today, there's so many different topics. I've got like four or five things in the works right now that I just I can't wait to get them out there. But you know, like I say, I think the biggest problem we have right now is we aren't getting the information from our national news and our our. You know, I find I, I have to do a lot of my research on European news just to find out what's, what's that happening. website you use. I know you've told me about it plenty. Uh, refdesk.com is one of Refdesk. them. Refdesk.com. R-E-F-D-E-S-K.com. Uh, -E and then I, you know, I hit things like BBC and several of the others. And, and it is it's fascinating when you see uh, all of these issues come up. I mean, think about it, folks. Is, is the war in Syria over? I mean, Who did knows? that end? I mean, you know, you had you know a quarter of a million people have been killed, and they're using gas. But yeah, is it I over? think I think the media ended it. Yeah, the media. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Is that one over? You know, what? How are things going in Iraq? Uh, you know, I guess Hamas has just quit sending missiles into Israel. I haven't heard anything. 
uh, you know, what about the Muslim Brotherhood? They still out there floating around in Egypt and some of these places. Um, you know, uh, they're Venez- trying to come up with a new image. When's the last time we heard anything about Venezuela? Remember, we had all those people starving to death and fleeing there, trying to get get out of there, and and uh, the the argument between their two presidents. You know, the one that was rightfully elected that couldn't get in there, and the one that's the dictator that's there now. This is what drives me crazy. You know, when we watch the national news, they're keeping us all in the dark. And that's what I love about uh, key radios. It gives me an opportunity mm. to to bring these things to the forefront. You know, if you're interested in what else is going on in the world, that's what I'm trying to do. And I, I We're too worried about whether or not Matthew McConaughey is going to run for governor in Texas, <laughs> which he's, he's held off on, and whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse should be kicked out of Arizona State oh University my God, because yes. the students don't want him to go there. Exactly. I don't think the students really have a say. I think the students more or less need to you know, make sure that they're, uh, they're paid up on their tuition and uh, whether or not they're going to get out of their student loan later on down the road right. and, and let Rittenhouse go because if I hear one more person Put Kyle Rittenhouse and the in the term white supremacy in the same sentence. I'm right. gonna go nuts. I know, I know. Well, and that's well, how uninformed well, these people are. What was the school uh, down south several years back? Had that shooter come in and killed all those students. Uh, at, I'll bet you that campus would say we'd be happy to have somebody like him. You know, we are up against the clock. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your time as always.